home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Well, if that ACH takes 10 days and you're expecting it, it's not going to come through. And what are you going to do when that doesn't come through? Well, you're going to have to make do. And what usually happens is you, you either borrow it or you decline, say, hey, listen, I'm not, the money is coming, but it ain't coming now till next week. Uh, can you hold off? I know you've already done work, but I, I just, right now I can't pay you or there's a delay in the payment, right? So that's, that's the other part of this conversation is how you structure payouts to your subcontractors. Okay. And it is very, it's very good and it's very easy. For your subcontractor to come do work and want to get paid right away. They did the work, now pay them. However, the the flow of money and your draws for a home build or a major remodel project may not support an immediate payout. So do not hire somebody that is expecting immediate payout without having some sort of a system in place. So for instance, for us, it's a it's not necessarily a time frame, but we we will pay them the following Friday. So if they come in, today's Wednesday, right? So they come in and do work today. They can bill us. And as long as we see, receive it by this Friday, they'll get paid out next Friday. But we let our subcontractors, our vendors, everybody who we use, they know that. So where they get mad is if they come in and we hire somebody new and we have not explained to them that we need to have the the invoice a week in advance so we can pay you out uh they they will get mad and stuff that's when stuff starts to go sideways is you have them come in on a Wednesday they do the work they finish the job they show up to the office and they want to collect the money and you're like no I, I don't I don't pay out uh I pay pay out the following week, then that's when, you know, they, they didn't plan for that. They weren't expecting that. And they may have people that they have to pay. And so it's, it's good business to put some policies like that in place. And the reason behind that is for planning everything you do in business, you're going to need to plan down to the cent. And, you know, the, the moment that I 
started stepping away from the day-to-day bookkeeping activities, I noticed um, there was some lag time in decision-making. There was some lag time in processing of payments. There was some... So you as the as the business owner, no, ma- no matter how much business you take on or how big you get, your hands are always going to have to be in that pot. Your eyes are always going to have to be on those reports. And you should use those as a tool to make your daily decisions. Um, you know, running running three separate companies and using QuickBooks and each company has its own QuickBooks and we run reports, uh, you know, all the time out of QuickBooks to show like our vendors and different things like that. But you have to have something like that, some sort of a payment system, some sort of a, a QuickBooks bookkeeping system. Um, and I know that, that I keep saying QuickBooks, but there are more out there that you can use. But as you grow and the amounts of money grow um, and your obligations grow, uh, your sub list grows, your um, employment list grows, you know, the amount of employees that you have, vehicles, uh, trailers, tools, all of that stuff needs to be accounted for properly. And, you know, what tends to happen is you're you're looking at the business at the 30,000 foot view and you're not always there's there's some clouds that go by and uh, you may miss something. And so uh, for me, it's it's super important to understand your cash flow, understand how to put together a draw schedule that that suits your needs. Um, but is also based in truth. It's based on work completed. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. And uh, so another thing that that just happened, and we'll, and we'll keep rolling on the same build, as we're getting ready to break ground, the client says what? He wants to shift his house four feet back. <laughs> so we're getting ready to break ground. We've been in months of pre-construction, uh, and the client is now wanting to move the house four feet uh, as we're ready to break ground. And right. this stuff, look, it happens all the time. So we just adapt and overcome, right? Um, and we we talk to the survey company, and what do they let us know? Where he's building... Um, on his property, he actually has what they call setbacks where you can build up to a certain distance away from your property line. He had a 40 yeah. foot setback on the back of his property, which gives us the ability to move three feet safely. Yeah. Back. So we will give him his three out of the four feet, but that's basically all we can do. Right. According to the survey. And, uh, and we have to, um, so the survey, let's talk about a little bit about how the, the survey portion of this works. So before we got started on, um, the build or got ready to break ground or did the stakeout, we had to get a survey done. And, uh, essentially they do a GPS survey these days. Right. And what they do is usually these GPS system and they come out and they actually do what's called a GPS stakeout. Right. Generally, where the client wants the house, they come out and, you know, you stake out the area and stuff like that before you do site work. And then 
you start your build, you break ground and stuff, and then they require what's called an as-built survey. Uh, Around here, they require that. They may not require it everywhere, but the as-built survey is them coming in and saying, well, you built this thing where we marked it out according to the GPS survey in the beginning. So that prevents you from just moving it wherever after the survey's done. Uh, and in this case, where I think people don't understand is when you buy a lot, you buy land, you own that land. Yeah. However, here's the here's the caveat. There are always easements, right? Yeah. Unless you're just completely rural where Correct. it's unzoned or, you know, something like that. But even this this lot is three miles outside of the city down down a beach road. And you would think a 40 foot setback on a lot this size, right? Maybe a one acre lot, maybe a half acre, something like that. Uh, That's pretty significant. Correct. That means, so what is a setback, by the way? Setback is a a distance from the property line designated by the city or municipality, be it the county, that basically keeps you from building too close to the edge of that property line. Yeah. And it's a required amount. And and what they do too sometimes it's for future planning, but also there's accessibility and things like that. So like for here, it's typical to have ten feet on each side of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a front and back setback. Well, those setbacks are set back for a reason um so so for instance your front setback you may have a culvert you may have a ditch or any of that stuff those things are actually controlled by the municipality and so they have to mow it maintain it if you have drainage issues they take care of all that stuff so that's some of the reasoning behind maintaining that open area you know usually maybe 20 30 feet in the front of your house that setback you can't build in that because you obstruct what they need to do basically. Um, And you can have utilities and stuff through those setbacks as well. Gotcha. Yeah. You just can't go vertical. Correct. correct. So like a lot of times they'll, they'll allow you to even put a, um, um, a little patio or something. Correct. As long as, you're as not- long as you're not vertical, your driveway, for instance, or a sidewalk can typically go there. Um, anything that protrudes from the house, cannot though so your awning can't be inside of that setback you got to make sure that that those types of things now and then like usually your easements on the sides are accessibility things um and so they need to uh create those setbacks so that you don't have um Uh, Like if they're future planning or there could be power lines that are going to come through as part of a future plan, there could be uh, emergency services that they need to provide and get to a certain location on the property. So that's why a lot of the reason that they have the setbacks. But then um, also and obviously one of the major reasons is so you're not putting your fence in your neighbor's yard. Correct. (laughs) You know, and little and little silly things like that. So, you know, during this build, which we're getting ready to break ground on, um, we've already had to do some soil sampling, get approved soil. We had to do a GPS stakeout to get the uh, location of the house precise. And, uh, you know, so now we're going to we're going to break ground uh, this week on that uh, with the approved dirt that uh, that we have. And, uh, you know, 
we're going to move it three feet because that's all we could do. So the client, instead of getting the four, they, they're getting the three. Um, but these are just common curveballs that we have to navigate in home building all the time. Right. All the time. And what I think sometimes the client, they're not understanding that, uh, like the survey company, sometimes it's easy as just resending a document, resamping it. Sometimes they've got to go out. Correct. And if we're ready to break ground, right? And their major concern is time frame. Well, I want to get it built pretty quick. And they're like, the day before we break ground, hey, can we move it four feet? Well, that's no little little deal sometimes. Correct. And uh, it creates this trickle effect because let's just say our site guy is on standby. And we've got them lined up. And then they throw the curveball. And we, we navigate that, but it takes a couple of days to get it finalized and approved. Right. Because you got to let the city know we're doing this stuff. Um, the site guy may say, I've got to work. I can't stand by for three days to wait for you to get the stuff approved. I'm on to the next one. And Correct. once I start that one, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it before Correct. I come back to yours. Correct. And, and Pete's sitting over here nodding, but it happens in every trade. It's, Correct. you know, from beginning to end, if. If we're not planning and organizing correctly, uh, they have to get paid. They've got to do work. And usually, they're not just going to come in and start a project and leave. They're going to want to come in, start the project, and finish it so they can get paid. Correct. So if we lose them... we got to wait for them for the next opportunity. Yep. And so that's kind of, you know, one of the things that, that we wanted to talk about openly on here. And I'm sure the builders feel the pain of this, but just to create awareness from the client side that here's the long list of things that one small change like that does for the entirety of the build. Well, backing up too during the permitting process yeah. uh, on this uh, location, the homeowner previously had a little uh, pull behind camper. Oh. So yes, not only that, this is a good topic. This is a good one. But he also had a little portable building put on this property. Yeah. So when he first bought the property, he, he uh, contracted with an ex- excavating company to come in and clear the lot. Yeah. So when they did their takeoff, their GPS positioning sure. was actually about 10 feet off. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So they cleared 10 feet of his neighbor's. And left ten feet of his his property, so when he came in and had this uh, portable building put on, sure, what he thought was within the ten foot setback was actually, or outside the ten foot setback, it, it was he was it. actually in the ten foot setback. So, so the portable, so just so I'm clear, because of the because of them doing it doing it wrong with the coordinates, this building was in the setback correct and so when we did our permit what happened so the city of gulf shores part of us getting approval for uh progressing and getting a building permit we have to buy and they gave us the time till bef- before we do our final uh certificate inspection yeah the co right okay we have to remove that building and relocate it outside of the setbacks yeah so we've been talking with the contractor they have a spot or the homeowner they've got a spot we will have it moved but also, one of the ordinances for the city of Gulf Shores is during construction, there cannot be a camper or yeah. so, facility on site. So he had to move off and go rent a uh, RV lot yep. to move his, his 
And, okay. and these are things as as a builder, as a contractor, when we're going through pre-construction, we, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And there's really nothing that, that we can do from our side. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. The contractor does the work. You may get some advice from friends, family, even the realtor. But if the realtor is an interior designer, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Right. Um, the selection process can be tedious. It can be, you know, it can take a lot of time. So this was going to be what I call one of those turnkey opportunities or maybe a maintenance free where I was going to be able to let our team of designers, interior designers, design the house, make mm-hmm. all of the selections, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know as a realtor uh, and, and kind of run with it, but Do you think there's more value from even the realtor's perspective when a flip house has had an interior designer involved in making selections and process? I think so. Um, You know, I think it gives a big burden off of the investor because, you know, they're they're thinking about everything big picture. They're worried about what subs are going to show up or if they're going to do this right or do that right. Yeah. Um, But you know, taking the time and having someone that can go in and, and make all the selections that make sense. Correct. And the where the keyword. money is going to count, you know, yeah. kitchens and bathrooms sell homes. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, yeah, the right. whole aesthetic of the home makes sense, but um, it's, it's kitchen and baths and, and location and, and land. Yeah. You know, so when, yeah, absolutely. you know, the, the one that we were looking at, you know, it seemed like a, a great, Slam dunk, you know, two acres and Baldwin County can, can go great. But, um, but yeah, so have an interior designer come in and, and make all these selections to make your life easier, Yes, but also so it'll sell quicker. Yeah. So you don't want to sit on that property. Yes. That piece, but also like you said, some stuff that makes sense, but you know, we are investors. We're not interior designers. So there's a point where if you're thinking something looks good, I can tell you now, my team, uh, mm-hmm. our team of interior designers, they let me know when stuff does not look good yeah. all the time, probably more than y'all should, but it's okay. Uh, but no, so it's, that is another benefit to it, though, that as an investor, you may make the wrong choice. You mm-hmm. may make the wrong selection, that doesn't make sense. It makes sense to you because you're an investor. You're looking at properties. You may have some experience in flipping and stuff. So you know some basics. Right. But having a professional design, help with layout, help with uh, selections and putting the right stuff in the house, as a as even as a realtor, it's going to go further because what you envision for the comps the investor has to make that align with the design of the home, right? So when right. you're running comps, it's the after repair value. Well, the after repair value is based on comparable homes in the area. Well, as an investor, we don't we don't know all of those details. Right. So you can say, look, here's what other homes have. And as the interior designer, you can say, this is what we need to put in. And not only because it makes sense for the comps, but it looks good compared to what 
you know, and have you ever run into that? Like, have you run into where you have worked with a flipper or an investor and, and they're not making the right choices? Like, you're like, ah, that's an iffy, you know, color on the wall or anything like that. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. I mean, I've seen him and I'm, you know, I've walked into properties, you know, showing other, you know, clients myself and, you know, they, they put a shiny picture on the description and, <laughs> yeah. and, and then you walk in the door and it's, um, you know, I mean, placement of walls and bright colors and just, you know, you want to be trendy, but not too trendy. But, you know, you walk into some and you're like, oh, that's the deal breaker. So I'm glad you said that. So, you know, and it just so as an investor, you know, it is smart to have a professional even evaluate and help you come up with a game plan before mm-hmm. you get started. Because like you said, once it's done, it's done. It's done. And so you as a real estate agent walking in with a client, you're like, ooh, you know, and yeah. so you actually can hurt hurt the value of the property by making the wrong choice, the mm-hmm. wrong decision, selection, layout, stuff like that. But whereas if you if you have somebody like yourself, an interior designer, you know, a good contractor, a good realtor, um, those things can help you sell, make the right decisions um, and and get the work done properly as well. Um, So, okay, so definitely a team effort. You know, there's been in a lot of properties to where it's like a Mona Lisa from a distance. It looks it looks good, sure. but when you're looking up close at like actual finished work, you know, I've walked in and simple things of, of paint, like paint makes a huge difference. Sure. Like absolutely. Just that alone, like you come in, it looks crisp and clean. It looks new. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've walked in properties where they didn't even clean the property and they painted over dirt and they painted over dust oh. and you're seeing the clumping and all these weird things. And it's just like you wasted your time. Yeah. And, but all those things matter. I mean, from who you're working with to do all the renovations sure. and who's running it and the realtor and the designer. I mean, collectively, we need to work together and make sure that it is a clean, finished product. Because yeah. ultimately, you're going to sit. It's going to sit. You want to have a team. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, I go back to that word turnkey. But as an investor, your bottom line is you want to make money off the deal. Oh, right. Right? Mm-hmm. You want to, not only do you want to make money off the deal, but you don't want it to be time consuming, heavy lifting for mm-hmm. your part. Yeah. Especially if you're out of town or you're unable to visit the property quite frequently and uh, you don't want to be a general contractor. Right. You need a team. So where you are a realtor, mm-hmm. uh, we have an interior design team. We have a construction team, right? right. We have um, engineers and we have just people that can make the entire deal possible and putting all of the all of the pieces together in the beginning, putting everybody in the room at the same time up front to talk through that. Right. Because it's important to the vision that needs to be there. But like the, the realtors is the start of that vision because you know what the comps look like. And so you can say, here is what needs to be done. And then the designer says, okay, now I know what needs to be done. 
let's talk about the vision from the interior design perspective. Mm -hmm. Let's start making drawings, yada, yada. And then the contractor is going to do the work, but they've got to pull permits. They've Mm -hmm. got to have engineer drawings. Those things are all things that we can provide turnkey. So when, when you're looking to do this and when you're looking at a property, make sure that those key people are the right people to work with, right? Your contractor, oh, your realtor, and then take it a step further and do hire an interior designer because they provide so much. They are your eyes and ears. So Christy and I talked about this on one of the podcasts, but mm-hmm. the interior designer uh, is is a mediator really is what it is. Your job is to keep, you present a vision to a client mm-hmm. as an investor you should present a vision to that investor and the investor's like looks good they're excited well then from there your job is to make selections and keep the vision intact so you're acting as a mediator and when the contractor one of our companies they say mm-hmm. hey listen uh we're not able to move that wall uh without an engineer or you know we can move it but you have to put a column right there Right. Right. And some of those things you don't know in the beginning. It's Mm -hmm. just a rendering. But once you rip open and do the demo, you're like, oh, got to have a column. The engineer isn't going to budge. He says there's got to be something supporting it. Well, having an interior designer involved, you now just pivot. You say, okay, here's the original drawing. Now I've got to have the column. Let's make this work. Here's the new vision. You see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And those are things that without a team like that, you're doing on your own. Oh, for sure. I mean, and then you you have wasted time. I mean, you're going to sit there and kind of, you know, spin your wheels and yeah. what should I do? And, and, you know, being out on the market and me being in just so many homes. Yeah. Um, I know like a feel for what people are looking for. Sure. You know, I mean, most, you know, we have so many relocators here to Baldwin County. Yeah. There's so many people that are relocating here sight unseen. Yeah. So, that's also a big deal because not only do they need to trust their realtor like myself, but as a realtor myself, I need to trust that this home and the team of people working on it is truly, you know, it is a solid. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.